Welcome back, folks, to the Get a Grip on Lighting podcast. On today's show, I have Jay Andrews and Billy Hodges, and they're here today to talk about the American Association of Independent Lighting Agents. Yeah, kind of sounds like nailed, probably doing the same kind of thing, getting together and figuring everything out, but we're going to talk about it on the sh- all that on the show. Jay Andrews began his career in lighting in 1997 with Lithonia Lighting uh, as a marketing trainee, and he had additional roles in distributor marketing as well as market development for the Emergency Lighting Product Group. He worked at Contact as well as a sales manager in the Southeast, then Cree Lighting in 2011. Um, in May 2013, he co-founded Next Generation Lighting in Atlanta. Next Generation Lighting is a commercial and industrial lighting agency. Billy Hodges, interested in the magic of lighting, aren't we all? But uh, since high school, theater, and we've been talking a lot about the show, about the kind of merging of theatrical elements into general use lighting. So I'm sure he has some thoughts on that. Went to Penn State. Um, became passionate about lighting design and embarked upon a career in architectural lighting. His bio is really long, so I'm going to try to sum it up here quick. Um, He struggled with the forces of commerce overwhelming his designs, so he went to the dark side to learn about the business of lighting firsthand. Spec rep, um, uh, covered different parts of North America, learning lighting commerce. Um, Anyway, going on here a little bit further at the end, though, now 10 years later, he has a company called Digital Filaments and is thriving, and he's joined with Jay Andrews from Next Generation, the guy we're talking to as well, to form the... ALA, which is the American Association of Independent Lighting Agents. Go to lightingagents.org. But before we start the conversation, Greg, we got to keep it magical. We got to go to evluma.com. That's E V L U M A.com for the magicians of lighting, Greg. That's right. And they make one thing is utility grade outdoor LED lighting solutions, including their OmniMax, which we've talked Ooh. about before. But some new exciting news here. So they've had their. 40 watt and 70 watt, which replaces 70 up to 175 watt. And now they just introduced 100 watt and 100 watt replaces a 250. But these are not cobs like anyone else has. They go from 2000 Kelvin up to 5000 Kelvin. They have photo photo safe control, uh, fail safe built into it. And uh, all the Kelvin temperatures you want, any decorative fixtures that you have outdoor, you can't replace those. You got to retrofit them. And Mm -hmm. I'm actually doing my first project with Evoluma. I'm going to announce that right now uh, on some exterior lighting, taking 250-watt high-pressure sodiums out, going to their new 100-watt. So I'll explain more when the job's done. We'll do a nice case study, and it'll be fun. It's got to go to evluma.com. That's right, evluma.com. I call them the magicians because their products are magical. That's right. And, of course, presented by the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors. Go to naild.org. We're announcing the date for our upcoming uh, convention. LS Evolve's been updated, folks, and I know it's been a long time. So welcome to the show, Jay Andrews and Billy Hodges. Thanks. Thank you. Takes a little longer to do an intro when we have two people, but you know what? That's fun. We'll make a party out of this. <laughs> there you go. So your guys' background we heard a little bit about, but why start the American Association of Independent Lighting Agents? I think uh, independently we both recognize that there's – really nothing out there to focus on improving the connection between lighting agents and their manufacturers, celebrating the entire lighting sales community, I like to say. So um, that's that's really the original genesis of it. And uh, we got put together and we both had, I think, similar ideas about the organization. And, you know, now we're uh, interested in finding value that is unavailable 
specifically addressing, um, you know, the lighting agent and the lighting agent channel. And is there, there is currently not an association of any lighting agents. What is NEMRA? Explain that difference. Yeah. So they're the National Electrical Manufacturers Representative Association, and they certainly serve over top of everything, but they also have pipe, they've got wire, they've got, you know, all sorts of electrical components that really an everyday lighting agent isn't really involved in the specifics of those things. And the electrical agents there are much less likely to be involved in the subtleties of architectural lighting, specification lighting, and uh, the, the full breadth of what's out there for lighting. So uh, you guys are both have your own lighting agent firms, is that right? Yeah, that's correct. correct. So, so our firm is based in Atlanta, and uh, and Billy is out of Philadelphia. You know, how do you guys know each other? Hang on a second. I just want to say this: yeah. Is it true? Like, lighting people are always running away from electrical. Like, true lighting people, they like you get into these groups, and then like you're trying to differentiate yourself, and you're getting away from electrical. And it's not that you know you don't see what Nemer is, but it's like we want to stay focused on lighting, and. I guess that's the purpose of why you formed an organization like this. Is that correct? Yeah, for sure. The, um, I, I mean, NEMRA does an incredible job and I was just down at the NEMRA conference and I'm, I'm very much in favor of what they've been doing to transform themselves. Um, mm. that, but, but by necessity, because of the, they have an even bigger tent than we do. We like to talk about our tent as being a big tent and affordable to join, but, uh, they, they have, you know, huge, uh, entities that are moving different types of materials and that by necessity then makes lighting a smaller part of their focus. Mm -hmm. And so when we get around to thinking about lighting and folks who are on the lighting side, there's a lot of lighting reps who are not NEMRA reps. And so even though a lot of NEMRA reps are carrying some lines of lighting, it's, it's just a different, um, basket of goods really. So I'm going to start right into the controversy. Okay. Sure. Why do distributors it's possible hate possible we expected why, it. Yeah. Why, why do distributors <laughs> hate agents so much? Like if you go to a, a nailed conference, there's definitely yeah. you're going to find 10 or 15 conversations, negative ones, about lighting agents. Why is that? Like why, why is there so much friction between lighting distributors and agents from your perspective? So, I mean, I think the number one uh, thing is about value, right? You, everybody in the chain needs to deliver value and find value from those that serve them. And that's really ultimately what sets apart the great lighting agents from the lighting agents that are there to drop off donuts and collect an order on Tuesday. <laughs> and I've heard you talk about those agents, you know, stopping by your distributorship. And there's, there's definitely uh, manufacturers out there that do their own sales force, but mm -hmm. Not every manufacturer can afford to have a rep in every territory that's a paid employee of their organization. So in order to get out the word, they hire independent lighting agents, whether they're a conglomerate agent or an independent that doesn't have any association with a conglomerate to uh, educate and to um, facilitate work with their products. Jay, you got any thoughts to, to push? Yeah, I, I think. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, um, you know, I think using the term lighting agent is a pretty broad brush. I think everybody has, you know, somewhat of a unique model. There's not a, a cookie cutter approach. There's not a one size fits all. And so, you know, with the, the transition to LED, 
10 years ago, nine years ago, when it first started coming on, um, you had uh, lighting agents, you know, basically having their entire uh, product lines that they carried convert almost overnight. And it took a little bit longer for some manufacturers to do that. And, and what we found starting from scratch in, in 2013 was the value that we provided was um, to to go out and facilitate orders, work with the distributors to go walk the job sites. Because again, they're used to older technology. This LED transformation is something that was complicated, at least at first. And and I think there there are to, to what to what Billy mentioned, you know, there are the guys that they go in, they dust the shelves, they count the fixtures, they they write the stock and flow POs kind of thing. And and what what a lot of agents are doing now, or at least, you know, what, what we're trying to do to Billy's point is to, to bring that value. You know, how can we help you in partnership sell more product? Cause ultimately that's what we're all trying to do is deliver value to a customer and where we fit in as, you know, subject matter experts on particular applications or product types or control systems and that sort of thing. I think that's where the, the value is created and, and that relationship, you know, between the agents and the distributors you know, sometimes, you know, gets derailed if the impression mm-hmm. is I've, I've had a bad experience with an agent. So therefore all agents must be just like this. And that's not the case. Well, let me, let me throw this kind of one into the mix here. One of the, one of the frustrations that I have with agents comes from the manufacturers changing them so much, right? <laughs> you know, so like, you'll, Weird. you'll that's you'll, a frustration you'll, of ours too. Yeah. 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 Like <laughs> I feel like you're just starting to build a relationship with a guy. And then, you know, okay, he's an agent. All right. Does he know anything first or does she know anything about the products? Because a lot of times they don't even know anything. Like we'll know way more about, you know, the, the, the products than the agent does. Um, and, but then, you know, oh, he's actually, he's, this guy's pretty smart. Oh, he has a car. He can come to a job site with me. Like these kinds of things. And he's got some good ideas, but then he's gone or she's gone the next, the, you know, next week and the, and the manufacturer brings in a new agent. That's almost destroys the whole reason of having the, the person in the first place to me. Is that a common thing that you guys are experiencing where manufacturers are kind of cycling through agents and trying to find a good one or, and maybe that's too fast? Yes. You want to take, you want to take this? <laughs> All right, I'll go first. I'll go first. Um, I, so uh, there are a lot of different reasons that manufacturers make changes, right? I mean, when you have, um, you have large agents, like the largest agent in the world, probably is Sesco out of Florida. And they're, you know, covering now, I don't know, a third of the country or something when it goes by population. And so they, uh, add on a territory and they change the face of that territory. And now suddenly everybody has to reevaluate where they stand with all of the agents in that territory. And is that their best place to do business? So that's one of the natural things that happens is that, um, you know, or an agency closes because, you know, they went out of business or because they didn't want to have a succession plan or whatever. And a new agency starts up, there's a new opportunity. Would we get more attention there? I mean, the fact of the matter is there's so many lighting manufacturers out there that if all of them are represented in a territory, there's going to be a lot of duplication and that kind of thing. And that's another frustration, I think, with um, with agents and, and a frustration with manufacturers. But their alternative, right, is is to put their own factory sales force in place. And so they choose to have a partnership in a local territory instead of um, having uh, their own expense of a sales force on staff. 
I think that that then the changing, you know, I think the part that you're referring to happens a lot when maybe a new sales manager comes on and now that new sales manager has a relationship with the other agent across town because they've worked for 12 manufacturers in the last 10 years. And so they know who they like to work with. And so they'll make um, a change because that's where they think that they can do the most, you know, sales for themselves. And that's, you know, so that's another situation where things change. I think what that means to Ayla is that we need to work hard at creating a contract situation that is better uh, in terms of establishing and maintaining partnership between the agent and the manufacturer. The, you know, sort of the big crime is that lighting agents are on primarily 30-day contracts with their factories. Wow. And so wow. that makes it really hard to feel like a good partnership. Huh. Jay, you got anything to expand on that? Yeah, the, you know, the um, it's, you know, when, when lines move around, it's, to Billy's point, it's a variety of reasons. Either the, the old guy, you know, wasn't hitting the numbers that they thought they could get in the territory. Um, we had a situation where a uh, we were we were hitting our numbers. A new VP of sales was hired who had a great relationship with another agent in town. Boom, we lost a line. And we were all looking at each other going, what do we do? We didn't do anything. We were, we were doing the right thing. And so the 30-day contract is a, is a, a difficult situation, especially on the architectural side, when the sales cycle is extremely long yes. for those products, yes. right? So it's, sure. you know, 12 months, 18 months before you even see a PO. Sure. And manufacturers get impatient. They feel like they could be doing more. And in a lot of cases, you know, what we found, we've had multiple lines where we may have been hitting our numbers, the relationship change happens, we lose the line. All of a sudden, six, eight months later, we get a phone call, hey, this was a mistake. And they hmm. think that, um, you know, and some manufacturers do market analysis based on what agents have specific conglomerate lines. And they say, well, we fit in good with this particular conglomerate line because maybe they don't have as strong an offering as we have. So by default, they go that route without truly investigating, okay, what is their go-to-market strategy? You know, how many competing lines may they, you know, might they have that would compete with us? And so it's a, it's, it's a merry-go-round and, and like, you, you, you know, you nailed it. I mean, it's, it's just when you get uh, going with a line, you build a rapport with the, the regional team that they may have employed their inside sales team. you really get a good cadence with them. Um, and then something happens beyond your control and all of a sudden the line's gone. Greg, have you ever had this happen? I'm going to throw one at you. Okay. Ready. You're trying, you're starting a, a, a new, a new relationship with a manufacturer. Maybe you've got a couple POs and it's going good and, and they refer and you get referred to the agent. And then the agent says, yeah, I got everything in that. I got those guys, but I also have this very similar manufacturer that's on my line too. Why don't you buy from them? And I've literally had nailed vendor members on the same agent's line card and he's yeah, you know, trying to switch me from one to the other that are on his same. Have you ever had that, Greg, where an agent tries to, you know, whatever, switch you from, you know, TCP to four foot tubes to to Ico or Keystone or something like that? Yeah, yeah, I have. And it, it is frustrating because it's something where you're out there representing, selling, knowing what you're going to do, and then they come back with that. It's like, no, it's not how this is going to work. And I've had it where the so, manufacturers yeah, actually referred me to the agent, Jay and Billy. And then the mm -hmm. agent takes me and switches me to a, a competitor's line it, like and i'm sitting there thinking 
you know what? I don't know if I want to do business with this person. Like, forget about whether they're going to get me a lower price or something like that. Like, that's just not, I don't want to do business with the person that, that does that to their, their partners. Takes I've experienced a referral that. and yeah. redirects it. Sure. Yeah. Sure. I think, um, you know, I think to your point, the, the piece of this that needs to be strengthened is the relationship between the agents and the manufacturers. Mm -hmm. And when we created ALA, we created it with the mindset that manufacturers are going to be equal members in this. You know, there's a lot of organizations where the manufacturers are sort of the bankroll and they're, you know, they pay a big ticket and it's, they're not really members per se. They're just a, a part of uh, supporting the organization. We are absolutely about trying to get all of the manufacturers and all of the agents that want to improve the lighting sales channel under one tent to try and uh, work on the problems that are facing the industry. I mean, I, you can call them problems, you can call them challenges, because I think that industry's evolving a little bit. You know, LEDs have kind of changed things a little, right? <laughs> a little bit. Online purchasing may have changed a few things. Mm. I mean, there's, there's a lot of things going on here. And how do you execute in that environment? Um, has a lot to do with the relationship between your manufacturer and your agent. If, if they're employing the agent uh, channel as their sales strategy. I see, I have a relationship with one particular manufacturer, Jay, where all the orders are online. Okay. There's no inter very little interaction with us and the customer. And then the manufacturer drop ships about 75% of the orders. And, and, the, and then I get the invoice every month and it says the agent on it. And I'm like, well, what is this guy doing? Um, so yeah, the, the online disruption, how has that affected the agents? And w how do you feel about that? I think it's, it's, it depends on the manufacturer. You know, some recognize that, you know, when, when they have an agent in a territory, there's an exclusive partnership um, within uh, that particular geography. And they... They understand um, that when if they if they are fulfilling orders through an online platform um, that the agent may or may not be involved with, the compensation model is structured such that they honor the partnership. And and if it's an, an exclusive type arrangement, then um, then then we would see you know commissions off that, and that goes to fund you know all of the other things that we're doing on behalf of that line where we're in the car with samples, going and show them, creating, you know, creating opportunities, not just collecting a check. Um, that's the, that's the worst, you know, conversation. And to go back what the, the example that you mentioned with the, the manufacturer bringing an opportunity and, and then that it switched around, that just can't happen. Um, mm -hmm. You know, there has to be a reason um, whether it's, you know, particular product that's needed that that manufacturer may not have, or it could be they, they're out of stock and you need it right away for that conversation to ever you know, be engaged, especially if they're bringing you an opportunity. I'll give you an example of one that happened just yesterday. I got an email from our regional manager and he said, Hey, I've uncovered this opportunity uh, there in, in Georgia. And the particular customer wants a specific color temperature that, that we don't offer, but I still want you guys to go in, even if you have a competing product that offers that specific color temperature, because I want you to be successful and build that relationship because there's going to be opportunities for my line down the road. And again, when we talk about partnership, that was, you know, an amazing thing where you've got a manufacturer wanting to enable you to be successful, even without using their line, but they understand that there's going to be, you know, further opportunities. So again, you've got people that, that look at, at 
the 30 day contract is, is what it is. Um, and then you've got other scenarios just like the one I mentioned, but, you know, going back, if, if a manufacturer brings or develops an opportunity and, and hands it off to you, that that's a that's a tough call to uh, to take it somewhere else. I mean that that just that doesn't make any sense whatsoever. It's kind of relationship one hundred and one. Yeah. Yep. I would say. So, how do you guys know each other? <laughs> through through, uh, through, like team, through teams meetings. Um, so to give to give you like the the thirty second um, back in October of twenty twenty. Um, we were introduced by a mutual industry friend because I was having the same conversations or thoughts that Billy was having about this type of organization. And, and uh, he's, well, it's Al Yuzinski, so you know Al. And he said, yeah. you guys need to, need to talk. And so we got on the phone in October and it led to the launching of the organization in, in December of, of last year. But Billy and I have never met in person. Um, we've never been, you know, to an agency council meeting together, anything like that. So at Legeducation, um, you know, on Monday when we have our event up there, um, that'll be the first time we see each other in person. So to answer your question, we had know each other before October 2020 led us to, you know, now we're here with uh, with you guys. So you, you've talked some, but is is it did it basically come down to this contract, this 30 day contract? Is is that the ultimate goal of this, or why why was it formed exactly? So we got a, a number of reasons, and I, I want to take my hats off to you guys and Nailed, um, the Innovative Lighting Distributor organization with your LS1, your LS2, and your LSC, um, I think are excellent uh, sources of training. And I think that our hope is to put forth um, that same kind of high caliber training that's really focused on lighting sales, but lighting sales in the agent channel mm, with manufacturers yeah, sure. and, and agents in the picture. And so um, we see that there are ways that our industry is going to change. Online selling is just one of them where maybe that's not a big part of what the agent of the future does. Maybe it's much more project oriented and it has to be where you're bringing value into things. Um, so that's a big part of it is, is education. A big part of it is networking because um, NEMRA does a good job of bringing electrical and some lighting lines to, uh, to their agents to meet new agents and figure out if they should you know, hire a different agent or hire an agent for the first time. And we'd like to provide that for the lighting folks who probably are not going to be NEMRA agents anytime soon. It's just for the same reasons we talked about. And so being able to provide a network where manufacturers and agents can get together to meet each other and, and, you know, solve the problems of the world is, is the other piece of it. So, uh, advocating for agents, um, you know, being, uh, uh, networking for agents and then the education of, of agents and really regional managers and national sales managers, the sales managers at the manufacturers teams are, also uh, ripe for a lot of this because sometimes they go make those decisions and maybe they don't have the experience um, in the lighting sales channel that that would you know help them to see that maybe it's better to stick it out with the agent that you have for instance sure yeah 
the uh, the yeah, training yeah. piece of that, as Billy mentioned, we're, we're really going down two paths. So the, the first path, which our first set of modules will will be launching here in the next literally a few days, are focused around selling to applications. So um, the first one is is opportunities in the nighttime environment, I believe is what it's called. So it focuses around things like dark skies and why that's important. And as an hey, agent, that's our idea. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> um, you know, as an agent, how do you go in and talk to uh, an engineer, a specifier, an architect? Explain to them why why they should care. You know, because they've always, you know, they've got an IES handbook that says this is the minimum, you know, foot candle requirements in a parking lot. But why should they care where all that light is going and what effect it may be having on the surrounding area? And so that's a piece that we see missing. A lot of the manufacturer training is just that. It's it's here's a product. Here's an area light. These are the lumen packages. These are the beam spreads. But being able to uh, train, especially a specification sales team or even our distributor sales team, when they're going in and they're talking to the guys about, you know, why you should pick one wall pack over another. You know, have you have you thought about this? You're, you want to deliver a better experience for your customer. So this is this is the direction you should go. So so that'll be the first one that launches. We're also today we have an, another uh, conference call uh, to sort of map out what um sort of the sales channel training is going to be. And, and this is really focused on, um, you know, how, how a light fixture really gets sold. And, and the target there is for um, new employees to an agency. You know, we, we all face, you know, recruiting challenges and, and we can't, you know, constantly, you know, you work at this agency on Monday or at this agency on Friday kind of thing. We're, we're having to recruit, you know, out of colleges. We're having to recruit from people who have taken different career paths. So, when you onboard someone, what we found in, in discussions with a lot of other agents is there's not really a formalized, you know, program to get somebody onboarded, to get them mm -hmm. up to speed on, okay, what does a contractor do? What does a general contractor yeah, seriously. do? Who is an architect? What do they do? And so there's yeah. a big deficit for that kind of training that we're going to provide um, to our members. And, and again, to Billy's point, you've got regional sales managers who might've been selling concrete, you know, two months ago, and now they're working for a lighting manufacturer and the, the channel to market is completely different. Mm -hmm. um, and, and it helps get those guys up to speed that much faster, provide value, not only to their companies, but also to the agents that they're working with day in and day out. That's wonderful that you're doing the, the darkness. We're also working on a darkness training program from the distributor perspective, you know, grounded in mm -hmm. our perspective and how we go to market. Um, one of the things that, um, you know, when I'm joking, I, I call agencies the protection racket. Um, and I think you guys, you're laughing because you know exactly what I'm talking about. <laughs> so a distributor will get a call from a contractor. Hey, I need to buy these items. And as soon as the call comes in and has some weird long code on it or something like that, I know there's an agency involved here. And it's going to be a pain in the butt to get involved with this because, and then you look into it. No, they've been working on it for two years, for example. It's a hotel that's been being planned for a long time. I want to ask you something that maybe you don't want to answer. How does the agent go about choosing the distributor that they're going to use to sell that package? And why does it seem like in these larger construction jobs, there's multiple agents working on different areas and they all seem to be favoring certain distributors or something like that. Do you guys know what I'm talking about here or? So, I mean, it, I think a lot of it has to do with just, um, relationships. So when you talk about a large construction project that has five contractors on it and they're all going to award different pieces of it, maybe they worked on it. Remember the designer might 
be there might be three different lighting designers on that job too, right? Someone did the the facades, someone did the interiors mm. of the hotel, someone did all the restaurants, someone did you know the the pool area. I don't know, whatever. But mm -hmm. they um, for the same, you know, that's where the complication can start on a big project, and then maybe there's multiple architects, and there's you know the owner might be one owner, but they've got different division managers mm -hmm. that are running sure. the project. I mean, so I mean. I think it can be very mysterious when one is introduced to a project um, that's been going on for three years. You know, maybe they just broke ground three months ago, but but that's, you know, there's three years worth of people investing their efforts and their time and their life into it from the design side, from the sales side, from the, you know, engineering side. And then we get to the distributor. And if it's just a bid distributor and the first time you're looking at it is, okay, well, there's 43 fixture types. Let me go see what I can do. Right. Then, mm -hmm. then it seems logical that the people that the salespeople might've been working with would be favored. Right. Uh, or that there would be a partnership there because here's somebody who's been involved in the project and I understand it. Um, I'm not saying that there aren't really crooked, uh, answers out there, but I think that you'll find in, um, you know, I don't know if it's, I don't know if, I don't know if crooked is the way, way to describe I, I don't say crooked. I see protection racket. Because I, I, a lot of times the, the money for all the work is simply coming from that sale, right? And so right. They're, yeah, they're embedding all the work that they did, specifying change orders, all that sort of stuff, into that contract price. And if, if it's sold as if I picked up the phone and called the manufacturer and said, I need 100 of these, then it's not worth it to be an agent anymore, right? I mean, that's, right. the, that's kind of how it works. Not to um, provide that level of service, yeah. right? Let me ask you guys both a question that maybe nobody has ever asked. I mean, this is going to be interesting, okay? Because, um, you know, distributors are always saying agents have no value. Agents have no value to the business, right? Well, how can distributors provide value to an agent? Like, let's put it the other way around. Like, what would make an agent really want to work with a certain distributor? Like, how could, what would it be outside, like, bringing you to leads? Outside of, like, the obvious, I have a project, let's go to it together. What, what else could a distributor do to really, you know, um, build a relationship with an agent? I mean, that's, you know, what you just mentioned is a critical part of sort of how we, we look at the market and, um, I, I go back to, you know, 2013 when this, um, this LED revolution really began and the distributors that embraced the value that we could provide. Cause we, you know, our agency started, um, you know, Cree was our only line and, and, and Cree made the LEDs, they made light fixtures. I mean, they were sort of the bellwether at the time for, for that. And so we were naturally leaned on as the LED experts in town because the other large conglomerates had not started that conversion. And so the relationships that we began there was the distributors actually seeing the value that we provided. We could, we could come out and we could walk a job site and partner with them. And we, we won and, and lost the jobs, you know, together. Um, and that's, that's lasted, you know, over nine years, we still get calls from people that we worked with in that, that first year. I think you have situations also where, um, you know, distributors, you know, can support you through stock um, and working with you on the lines that you represent that have those types of programs. And, and you know, we take those opportunities to our, our, our partners all the time. You know, we're in a unique situation being here in Atlanta. Um, there's some, some large um, uh, manufacturers based relatively close to where we're at. And so 
um, I think our conversations are, um, you know, truly figuring out where a distributor um, is specialized and if we've got the product mix to support that, um, whether it's, you know, they're chasing healthcare all the time or they're chasing multifamily, you know, how can we, how can we work together on those opportunities, um, you know, to ensure that we both win? I mean, I, th I think, I think a lot of cases that's where, um, you know, our strongest relationships have been created. Um, and it's, it's, it goes back and forth. You know, when we get a phone call from, you know, a random end user and they need some, uh, you know, whatever the light fixture, we'll pick up the phone and call the guy that we were just working with on, you know, the project that, that we walked the parking lot and, and figured that out. And, and we work on that together. So it's a give and take. I mean, it's certainly not a, a one way type of relationship by any stretch. I don't know if Billy, you got any other insight? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's about integrity and trust and trial and error and making sure that um, you're working together in lockstep. I mean, that's that's the best thing that uh, someone can bring you. And w when everybody knows that you're not going to turn around and um, ask for a quote for the lowest dollar or, you know, can you substitute this, uh, that provides a level of uh, trust and energy to the relationship, you know, between the agent and the the distributor customer for sure. And that's, you know, I don't think that's any different from the manufacturer agent relationship and, you know, relationships 101 really is about, you know, can I trust you to do what you're going to do and say what you're going to do and then do it. Hmm. So I think one thing I want clarity on, you know, I've been doing it 16 years in our LS, our little LS program has a slide that kind of breaks it all down. Like you were talking about architects and all that. So there's lighting agents and there's electrical agents. Is that the right term? The two so options. So I think that that there is we're making a distinction, and I think there's a distinction out there that there are lighting only reps, and then there are electrical reps that have some lighting lines or a lot of lighting lines. Sometimes they start a lighting division, in which case we've got some mm. big Nemra agents who have lighting divisions who are interested in being members with sure. yeah, uh, Ala. Totally. So okay. it, it's just about how much focus you have on lighting within your agency. Yeah, we're, there's a lot of electrical again, distributors in everyone. There's a lot of electrical right. distributors yeah, in nailed. Yeah. That's kind of the point yeah. I'm looking at too. Is you have the word independent in ALA. We nailed used to be independent. We changed it to innovative, you know, to kind of get more more involved. And it has to just be a lighting only place. Um, are you are you guys? Where, where did the term independent come from, or what does that mean to be a member of? the independent part of it. So that's, it's interesting because that is, um, you know, I think a source of, it's a question mark for some agents out there. Some of the small, really lighting only agents that are non conglomerate. I mean, we're both a little bit hybrid because we have, uh, you know, sort of, I mean, I don't know if GE Current is a tier two anymore now that they own Hubble, but that's, you know, they, they were up and coming in terms of the LED volume and everything. But um, the smallest agents, the smallest spec reps uh, are wondering if it's independent enough, I think. And that's something that um, I, I hope that everybody will understand that uh, independent lighting agent means you're not factory owned. At that point, you'd be a manufacturer member, right? When when you're an agency in a town that's owned by a factory, you're a, a, a manufacturer's you're a manufacturer member of the organization. At that point, there are agencies owned by manufacturers. Mine, I don't know how many me? of them are left. Um, 
when when illuminations moved into new york they bought out the uh new york acuity agent which was a factory owned agent back in the day light allure agents were factory owned agents so if mm. you represented other lines your commission checks went to light allure and then you got paid out of that mm. right so then you're not Who really came up with a, that model uh, like might have been the light alert people. <laughs> okay. So. That's unique. So with the with Ayla, what is your you two started it? Are you guys the management company? What what's your role exactly there? Yeah, so so we we founded it. Um, it's a it's a nonprofit organization. Uh, we have uh, a support company that um, that helped this. I mean, I've, I've never done anything like this. I mean, we, we start an agency, but, um, nothing in the nonprofit arena. Um, so we, we had support and help, um, through this whole design process of, of the organization, building the website, the whole thing, all the legal stuff behind the scenes. Um, so Billy and I, um, yeah, we're, we're co-founders. Um, there will be a board of directors that will be seated in the coming months. Um, there'll be committees that are started, you know, education committee, membership committee, things that, that you would, you would expect. Um, and Billy and I will, will play some, you know, advisory role perhaps, but in terms of this being our organization, it's, it's, it's Ayla. So it's, as Billy said, the membership is comprised of agencies and manufacturers. And so we're going to pull, um, you know, from that, uh, the, the group of experts that we have, you know, now as members to, again, drive some of these initiatives and, and guide the organization um, so that, you know, the, the issues that are facing all of us can be, you know, addressed very thoughtfully um, where best practices can be developed. But in, in terms of, you know, ownership of the organization or, or whatever you want to call it, um, it'll be it's a member led, it'll there'll, there'll be a board of directors, you know, eventually there'll probably be an executive director or something like that. Once it gets of a, a large enough size, it needs that. Well, okay. So as you know, I'm going to coming up on just we're over half an hour here. So we'll probably kind of try to wrap it up, but I wanted to ask, sure. there's a lot of, you know, the last 12 years has from everything, society level, nation level, lighting industry level has been extremely Rupturous. I mean, look what's going on in Canada right now. This is crazy right now. The world it seems to be nuts. You know, right. and it's everybody's kind of trying to carve out a new model for old terms. You know, and whether that's political mm -hmm. parties or lighting distribution uh, companies or agents, you know, are we as an industry, you know, do we need to describe different activities? Because I feel like there's a lot of lighting distributors that are kind of like agents. And then one of the agents in my, in my, in my town has a warehouse <laughs> with products in it. And it's like, you're a lighting distributor. You're not an agent. You just, you know, you're doing the same thing I'm doing, except you're calling yourself an agency. Do we need new terms to like to really define what a lighting agent is? Like this agency has a big warehouse full of product. They have an order desk, counter says, but they're calling themselves an agency. To me, that's a distribution right. set, a distribution company. So are we trying to use old terms or old models in a world that doesn't exist anymore? Yeah, do you, do you feel like everything's sort of becoming a different hybrid depending on where you are and where yeah. your interests lie? I mean, that's, yeah. I don't think that that's new. Um, I think, you know, I can think back 20 years uh, 
to Los Angeles where agents had, you know, companies that were warehouses as well. And that's not, um, you know, whether it's a separate company just run out of the back of the building or it's its own, you know, the same company, um, it, it varies, but everybody's, uh, in for a good transaction and where we <laughs> provide value to one another, then we work together on a transaction and where we don't provide value to one another. You know, I, I've heard endless uh, nailed podcasts where, man, I just call the manufacturer because the rep is useless, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, those words have been said. And so it's about trying to find partnerships where we do actually, you know, one and one make more than two. That's, that's really what um, these situations are. And sometimes that looks like an agent who has a counter that, um, you know, is, is accepting POs and sometimes who is experts in the six lines that they carry. And that starts to look a lot like a, an electrical rep with a few lighting lines, right? Like, and mm. so that's, it's, uh, yeah, I think there's a lot of different hybrid models out there and certainly people are trying to figure that out. I, I did want to turn the conversation, uh, around a little bit though. Um, you know, nailed was a fair amount of inspiration in terms of how we thought about the, uh, ALA, the forming of ALA early on in terms of what, mm -hmm. you know, I think actually independent came from looking at your old website, which had independent on it originally. And then, you know, the sure. line through it and innovative and the whole thing. So we're lighting as means a, business. A, I love that tagline. That was the go. best tagline. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> so I, I, you know, so. Uh, this, you know, we're, we're developing something here and we want to develop it in parallel. We want it to be a value. We want it to be mm -hmm. something that is um, not yet represented in the market. But mm -hmm. when there's a push for dark skies, um, we want to, we want to produce content that pushes towards that in the, um, in the space that, uh, Sorry, my alarm went off. It's amateur hour. I've heard that somewhere. All right. So <laughs> the, uh, we, we, we want to push towards um, dark skies for the right reasons as well. And what, mm -hmm. how do you emphasize that in the lighting sales community between the agent and the manufacturer? What, what can we all be talking about to enable the distributor? What can we be doing? So that's one kind of question. How do we partner together going forward to uh, you know, bring more value to the community as two organizations, you know, running in parallel. Mm -hmm. uh, Greg, you want to field that one? You want me to take it? I want you go. Yeah. I can tell you personally from premier, but I want to hear nailed side. Let's go. So, yeah, well, I mean, so then, you know, the nailed perspective, it's interesting. Um, like I, I think that we should definitely trade memberships in each other's associations. Like, I often, you know, sometimes, you know, felt like in 2015 that Nalmco and Nailed were competitors or something, right? And like, I, I remember coming, you know, coming back and getting involved in Nailed again with the podcast and listening to, you know, the, the talk about Nalmco as a, as a kind of a competitor to Nailed. And I thought that's silly. Nailed should be a vendor member of Nalmco. That's our customers. Right. Right. And if some of those people are buying direct from manufacturers, that's none of your business. You have an obligation to create your own value as a company. But when it comes to nail, like if, you know, and, and manufacturers can are allowed to create the kinds of relationships they want to create. It's it's there's no rules in the game 
Nobody's nobody's making up. The lighting industry works like this. You know, it, people are trying to, like you said, cut a deal, make some money. So, I my my thing would be like Nailed belongs in that association as a vendor partner. Um, you know, uh, you guys belong in Nailed. And it, it, whether or not you're actually a vendor member or an associate member, all these different titles and terms or whatever, we should at least have ambassadorships to one another where we're discussing things like dark skies, where we're discussing things like health effects. We're discussing sustainable light fixtures. Like you can't change a light bulb anymore. And every time you got to, every right. time a light fixture burns out, you got to take the whole fixture. This is not environmentally responsible. I don't care how much energy you save. If you have to throw out a light fixture every three to seven years, it's not responsible. Um, and so, the, like these kinds of issues, and we should be saying, you know, you know, nailed is working on the dark sky issues. How can you guys help us? And that's what a lot of our open letters were about to the industry. We're about saying, hey, you know, we're just distributors here trying to solve this problem. Can anyone else help us? And does anyone else have any thoughts? And so we struck a partnership with the IDA, and and that's been been great for us. Um, but, you know, really, if we want to solve the dark sky issue, it's an industry problem. The lighting industry has to become the lighting and darkness industry. Like people in the lighting right. industry have to be think of themselves as providing darkness or preserving darkness or restoring darkness, as well as providing illumination. And th those two things go together in the thought process. We have to change that paradigm. The only way we can change the paradigm is if the Nalmco guys, the Nailed guys, the ALA guys, the IES, and we have this industry alignment where everybody's working on their little niche of it, and that starts to flow and trickle down into the projects. You guys are talking to the architects um, and the, you know, the designers and the designers are, are also being made aware of these issues from their associations, you know, the International Association of Lighting, I, IALD or whatever it is, and all these associations. They should be, have ambassadorships to one another, taking pertinent information, joining each other's associations, right, so that... You know, Nalmco knows what Nailed is up to, and Nailed knows what Nalmco is up to, and we're sharing information and educational resources and these kinds of things. It's not a competition. You guys are doing this to serve the industry. I'm sure you're not getting rich off of it. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like, <laughs> we're managing Nailed. I, we, we don't make any money managing Nailed. It's, you know, it, it's right. a service to the industry. And so... Um, we have to get back to that. These associations are not, they're not for profits, Jay, just like you said. It's a not for profit. And yeah, we want to, we want our revenues to exceed our expenses so we can invest in educational programs. But at the end of the day, its purpose is to serve the industry, to serve the distributors into the industry, and to serve the distributors' customers. That's why these things exist. And they're meant to be voices. And so I, I'm, so glad you guys have joined the party. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks Very for having fun. us. Yeah, no problem. <laughs> yeah. At the party. yeah, and I think, yeah. I think, I think, just as you know, the bigger part too is is the actual people using the light, the end user, and that's what often is like overlooked, and and they're the people that struggle with the issues that come down the line. So if we can all align and get together and do it right, then the end user is happy, and that's what what it's all about, right? They're the ones using the light; they need to be happy with it. We need to make the choice right for them. Get them the right light. Greg, you well, hit the nail I, I on the head. I think too that they're yep. they're they're either they're either coming to us or coming to you guys for recommendations. Yeah. And yeah. if we're recommending the same thing and we're we're going down that same path, mm -hmm. we're going to have a positive result because the end user 
they may not have any idea what they're asking for other than my parking lot's dark and they just need somebody to help. And if we're, if we're all pointing in that same direction, everybody's going to benefit. And, and if, like if the message is the same, right. Yep. It's like, I, you know, I, I call the top agent around and, you know, what people don't want to get like the, the lighting industry is obsessed with educating the customer. No, educate the damn industry. Forget like, <laughs> like the, the industry is not educated. So what are you talking about educating the customer? Who's going to do that? You know, and, and, and it's very frustrating. The other thing too, is like, we have to get rid of the mindset. The IES is the overarching association of lightings, right? Everybody looks to the IES for leadership in the lighting world. They're the overarching guys. Below that, you got the contractors, the distributors, the ALA, all these different groups, right? That are kind of below and involved with the IES. We have to get on the same page. If Nailed puts out a letter, it's not to steal anyone else's thunder. It's just to start the conversation as an industry. Here's what the lighting distributors think. What the hell do we know? We sling light bulbs all day, bud. But here's what we're thinking about these sustainable light fixtures. We can't change light bulbs anymore. This is a problem. We're on the front lines. You know, we're the sergeants in the trenches. Guys, hey, we got a problem here, industry. Like, there's going to be people that are going to be really pissed off when they find out that, uh, you know, they just did their lights five years ago and their accountant amortized them for 40 years and now they got to change them again. Or whatever it is, you know, people, and th th these are the signals we're trying to send back up, back up the chain. You guys are in the same position talking to the end user customers. You don't want that customer calling a distributor in three years saying, hey, you know, the light fixture's out in the hallway. Uh, what do I do? Oh, change all the light fixtures in the building again now. Because the new one doesn't not made anymore. Like, mm -hmm. these are serious issues. We got to take ourselves way more seriously as an industry. I, that's what I, and I'm so happy you guys started this because now the agents can have a place where they can discuss things and come up with po policy ideas and have a united voice of the agents. You know, it's beautiful, man. Well, and, and we've also found that, you know, again, we launched mid-December. And if you look at our member list, you know, we're approaching 50, you know, members uh, and a combination of manufacturers and agents. And, and on the agent side, it's a mix. I mean, it's, it's small agents, it's large agents, it's big markets, small markets. So the message is getting out. It's, it's people are, people are hearing about us. And, and again, it's all, it's, you know, just like we create value to our channel partners uh, in this whole thing, just like you guys, we have to create value for our membership. And, and what Billy and I think is, is critical is, is the education piece and, and guiding the, those, those principles, just like what you're talking about. Um, and, and on the manufacturing side, again, if you look at the the members who've signed up, it's architectural lines, it's more commodity lines. I think you may have mentioned one in your uh, in your intro that may be a <laughs> uh, a supporter of our organization now. And so it's just been really good because, you know, at the beginning it was just me and Billy in an echo chamber wondering if this thing you know is needed, and and we're seeing that growth, and and we expect a, a really good turnout, you know, in in March at our at our first real social event at Education. So. Um, yeah, at, at, we, we feel it's needed. We we're seeing the growth and we fully expect that, um, you know, the more that we're able to produce and the value we're able to deliver, our membership's only going to grow. But I mean, I, th I think that's a great point you made in terms of the ambassadors, you know, cross pollinating each organization. So we're all on the same page. That's a that's that's a perfect idea. And Billy, I'll let you have the final word here um, before we, we call it. But, you know, I would I'm going to I'm going to warn you about I'm going to give you a little bit of a warning. Uh, okay. On that, you don't join Allah or Nailed or Nalmco 
or well, whoever, because you're looking for an ROI. Okay. Right. Like, I don't know how much it costs to be a member of, you know, I'm certain it's not 10 grand, right? Like, what is it? How much does it cost to be a member? Right. So manufacturers be- are 1500 large agents are under 2000 small agents are under a thousand. Right. So, you know, if that's hurting you, you know, maybe you need to go sell some more stuff before you worry about, you know, joining nailed or anything like that. These hey, also that see- later. Yeah. Louder. <laughs> yeah. No, I'm it's like if that's if, like if you're hurt, like it's what is it? It's six hundred bucks to be a distributor member of Nailed or something like that, Greg. Yeah, I, I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's like if you're looking for an ROI, a return. What's my return on investment, or what's the value? No, dude. This is a place where you can serve the industry. Actually, this is a place where we the 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 the, the where the um the agents come together and work together as a voice to make being a lighting agent better for everybody. This is where we come and we make being a distributor better for everyone. And th- th- that's the message we're trying to get across. I'm, you know, having a conversation, what, what's my ROI on my $600? I'm like, what are you talking about? Like, seriously. <laughs> yep. Okay, I'll pay your yep. membership, okay, buddy? Like, just, just join a couple <laughs> committees here. <laughs> yeah. Like, either you're paying or I'm paying. Like, stop being so cheap. It's ridiculous. Serve the industry. And I'll tell you this, the baby boomers knew how to do this. The baby boomers yep. knew that they had a responsibility to stabilize their aspect of the industry and they created all these associations that are so wonderful. Us Gen Xers, man, we gotta get we gotta get our heads tr- screwed on straight because you know we're gonna lose these associations because people are trying what 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 value can nailed bring your business? What are you talking about? This is where you give back to the industry. One percent of your time. Go to an event. Speak at speak on a, a roundtable discussion. Join a committee. Put your people through the education so we can all be better as an industry, as a, as distributors, as agents, as contract. That's what Nalmco is about. It's exactly it's exactly the same thing. Yep, I agree a hundred percent. I was uh, really really pleased to see the direction that you know Nemra's taking their content and their things. So I think you know, there's kind of a revolution happening in. Uh, in industry associations in general. I do point out to all those folks that are sitting on the fence about AILA, there's only one chance to be a founding member and that's before education. So get on board. All right. See you soon. Hey, there you go. That's awesome. <laughs> Greg, I think we made it to the end of this one. So folks, you know, you have got to keep it magical, man. Keep it magical, Greg Eric, with Evluma. Go to <laughs> evluma.com, baby. That's evluma.com. That's right. I'm about to use some of that magic, as I mentioned, at a job coming up with their Omnimax. 2,000 Kelvin up to 5,000 Kelvin. We talked a little bit about Dark Sky. They're big into that. They have the right fixture and retrofit for it. So check out their product. They're also the sponsor of the Restoring Darkness podcast. That's right. Name change, host change. We're looking for a new host. So if, look, man, I don't know enough about Dark Skies to host. I can ask some good questions, but I'm a light bulb dork. So if you are a specialist on darkness, darkness preservation, dark skies, restoration, all kind of stuff, and you want to be the host of a podcast once a month, info at nailed.org is where you email. And of course, the National Association of Innovative Lighting Distributors welcomes the American Association of Independent Lighting Agents. Welcome to the welcome to the game, guys. And all you guys here out there that are listening at the end and gals, we thank you for listening, of course. See you next time.